So hello everyone, this is Supreet Balaji, your host, and today I have with me a very close friend of mine. So today we welcome Nasi, who is a anthropology student who's currently studying in University of Hyderabad, and is a very close friend of mine. And we met during our student exchange boot camp in Bulgaria, which was the Erasmus Plus Harmony boot camp. and it was just one and a half month before and we are still in the memories of the boot camp and i was like nasi come ahead we'll have a small podcast show and we'll uh, take a, you know recording of it and we'll do the podcast and he was like very happily yes we'll let's do it so hi nasi really sorry to disturb you during the saturday Hello. evening oh, no worries no worries so as you know this podcast is about a day in the life of a person so this person can be anybody so now we have nasi who is an anthropology student and who is currently 22 years old who is in university of hyderabad and who loves to write novels and who reads a lot of books and one small thing that i would like to share about nasi is when we were in bulgaria he started a journal at the start of the journey and he ended the journal with all our key notes at the last day so that is how dedicated he is towards his writing and towards his uh, uh, you know towards his work so nasi my first question to you is can you walk us yeah. through a typical day in the life of an anthropology student and a story writer and a writer a novel writer and a reader so what is your typical day look like um uh, uh hello first of all uh, thank you for having me um uh, so uh, speaking of a day in my life uh, i would say that there is always this difference between uh, the day that actually is and the day that you want to be uh, and the day that you perceive you have to be that's there's a difference i think so uh, i think there might be this bias then i or anyone else answer that this is how my day is Uh, that will be the bias of what you, what you ought to think that your day is, vis-a-vis what actually it is. Uh, so I was someone who used to, uh, you know, meticulously plan out my day with uh, proper time breaks. Like even I would plan for ten with with the detail of like a factor of five minutes. I would say it's like five minutes for something. Five the next five minutes. with a on a factor of 5 minutes i would you know plan out meticulously in detail but then that turned out to be something very impractical and uh, which is just an ideal that would never be you know achieved and uh, i think the way i function now is that i just have a checklist for the day and i make sure that at the end of the day i finish at least 80% of it it's not that i you know stick or i am insistent on a particular time for the particular task but uh, i'm flexible enough to shift tasks from x point of time to y point of time um, but uh, i see to it that you know at least most of what i plan to do in the beginning of the day i finish doing so today's checklist had six things i so far has finished four two is still pending i don't know if the two i will finish or not before sleeping and uh, yeah so that's i mean speaking of the way i function in terms of finishing the uh, the thing so um uh, these days uh, since this is the final year of my undergraduate you know for, for beginning starting from this year i have you know i have started to do things that are different from what i used to do uh, in the last semester so Uh, from the beginning of this semester that is for the last one month and hopefully for the next uh, next one year what i what what i what i usually do uh consists of uh, four five things number one is to prepare for my pg admission uh, you know i intend to uh, secure admission for an anthropology in anthropology post graduation in anthropology somewhere outside preferably somewhere in in some some good university with a good anthropology department uh, preferably in the us or you know somewhere in europe uh, the point is not to simply go to us or europe but to have, to study 
in a university where the discipline and the department is good enough is competitive enough so so uh, obviously as you might be well aware uh, it's not just like it's not like in indian admissions where you just have to focus for one particular exam or you have to you know try to score in one particular thing but it's a holistic process you know uh, in the west in the western academia where you have to not only level up your reading your uh, writing publishing uh, your uh, and along with your grades in the in in the end semester examinations and other things you have to get letter of recommendations for that you have to plan which faculties which professors you should build a rapport with you should uh, you should how to manipulate professors how to how to befriend them and uh, with, what all fields are each professor was working on so that you could get an lor from the most suitable person from the most eligible person so you know thinking of so what what i what i see to it that i spend some time on this even if i don't make any substantial you know uh, step a significant stride every day on this it might not it might be the case that today i didn't do something as such but i make sure that i open the laptop you know just go through university websites of different universities check out what is the how is the department i see some google photos of you know wh- how they you know, get a feel of it you know at least spend some time you know uh, thinking uh, or doing and and my, the, something that i have realized is that you know consistency can take you so far so being consistent about the commitment about the thought of something you know is what will eventually bring unexpected uh, inputs to you uh, so so you might not be thinking about something uh, so say for example a particular research focus area which you want to explore more about read more about and uh, eventually that reading might you know uh, help you discover a good department in a good university and uh, which uh, might better your statement of purpose that you write for your admission which might get you admission so these unexpected ways uh, and unexpected doors will open only so long as you are consistent so i just make sure that i spend some time doing all of this so for this for this month my target is to make an excel sheet with uh, the list of universities that i want to apply so i'm filtering out the, the university so that's about the pg admission preparation that i'm doing and second is academic reading so academic reading uh, I, i have classified into three four categories one is uh, to read classic works in the field of anthropology uh, classic ethnographies classic works which i am starting to read and uh, then uh, also contemporary works of interest what's happening in the academy and now which are some interesting interesting works that are coming up in the field of anthropology social anthropology in contemporary times and uh, also uh, to get to make sure that i have the basics right uh, i am just revisiting all the you know uh, introductory course courses readings like in, there was a course in first semester introduction to anthropology just revisit and read through the textbooks so that you know i am i don't i'm, I'm I'm sure to myself that I have the basics right. So these three things I do in academic reading, and then obviously since I'm a fiction writer, I have to, you know, engage with the world of fiction. So I read a bit of fiction. Uh, so now I'm trying to finish uh, Arundhati Roy's The God of Small Things, which is a book that I regret I did not pick up much earlier. I have been having that copy like uh, since since 2018. yeah i have been having it since 2018 but i never uh, opened it like i've been distracted by other readings other things other activities so yeah i recently finished a book called uh, the blind lady's descendants by anis salim which was a wonderful like immensely moving book uh, and anis salim is one of my favorite authors in english uh, he's an indian writer from kerala and uh, he writes wonderfully uh and any salim's books i look forward to reading more uh, for developing my craft and my style of writing and all of that so yeah i engage with fiction then something that i have been less consistent on but i need to be more consistent on but is in my daily list of activities is to work on my novel uh, you know the kind of works that i have to do uh, for my novel building the story building the characters and all of that so 
that's uh, something i have to go work a lot ahead this not to go ahead uh, but i have to work uh, rigorously and more consistently for that the thing with fiction is that you have to have head space enough to be obsessed with it uh, only then the work will come out you have to have head space enough to not just work on it consistently but to be obsessed with it you have to wake up and sleep in your novel you know, think about it in your sleep you know that sort of obsession you should have so so yeah so it takes uh, you should get into a good flow to be able to you know work on fiction uh, yeah so sometimes it gets too hectic and i just give it a rest and just read fiction not write it so yeah that, that's uh, another thing and uh, uh, last but not the least uh, is that i have a firm uh, a startup so to speak uh, which is about providing writing services design and branding uh, and uh, website development services etc et so uh, for the time being i have a minimal number of clients like two three clients and keep it minimal because that's the amount that i can do for the time being so but i also spend time thinking about how to make it bigger how to you know uh, build more collaborations how to attract more clients how to attract more talent to work with me and all of that so i have some yeah activities planned lined up in the next month to step up uh, the scope and scale of the working of the company uh, and develop it into a full fledged proper uh, company so yeah uh, i engage with that as well uh, on a day so uh, these are to a large extent the things that i do apart from attending my regular classes wow that's quite an intensive role you know you have everything going on from your designing academics to your work life balance everything so that's really wonderful and moving on with yeah and the... uh, don't get the uh, sorry to interrupt but don't get the no. impression that it's like a perfect day with everything happening these are the things that i try to do and uh, some days nothing happens sometimes most of it happens sometimes some days are magically beautiful that everything happens so um yeah the point is to keep going i think uh, it's einstein who said that uh, uh what keeps a bicycle balanced is that it keeps moving the moment it stops moving it will fall if it's not on stand obviously so uh, yeah the point is to go keep moving yeah well wow, that's truly because a, tip- a typical day is not the same day like for example today is something different yesterday was something totally new or unique and tomorrow might be not be the, not be the same it might be totally different so you really not know so that is why i wanted to capture all these parts of how your typical day would look like as this one and i think you've given the audience a very you no know, satisfying answer and i'm very happy that you're able to do a lot of things and i've known that for one month when we stayed together so yeah uh moving on uh what inspired you to pursue this particular path of learning or how did you get started with this particular interest of anthropology um i mean like most things in life uh, nothing was a fully planned and conscious decisions and there are obviously your thought and your 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 plan planning and all of that involved but uh, life has a beautiful way to unfold and uh, many a time it's things that you don't plan that comes uh, for the benefit um, so uh, i you might already know that i took a two year gap after finishing 12th my 11th and 12th was not a good experience in terms of academics and personally also um, so uh, basically i wanted to take a one year break to figure out things and at the end of 12th i was clueless and uh totally lost in terms of what to do how to go ahead and yeah and not just academically but emotionally personally i was in a bad position and i wanted uh, some time to for cl- things to clear clear up for the clouds to move uh for uh, some clarity to be achieved i needed some time so just to buy myself some time i used uh, the excuse that any science student uh, of 12th standard could use that is repeat after uh, finish the sentence uh, entrance examination but uh, i did not uh, go to go to any coaching centers i was smart enough to convince my parents i was not smart enough to score good marks in 12th i was not smart but enough to but you're smart enough to convince your parents 
but i yeah but i was smart enough to convince my parents that i can do it alone at my home ah. by studying at home uh, so i convinced my parents to uh, allow me to stay at my home and not go for any coaching and study for entrance examinations uh, but basically i ended up i mean i did not prepare for entrance examinations for uh, for at least the first 6 months and uh, yeah uh, after a while things started to you know uh, things started to make some sense and i i was having some provisional plans as to what to do and in the meanwhile i was exploring different interests not it was not a linear uh, graph of growth uh, even in the gap period even the first 6 months of the gap year also was uh, things actually had at one point gotten worse so uh, and uh, I mean, despite the ups and downs at one point i thought okay i realized that at the end of the day i realized okay multiple things interests me Uh, and one of the things that interested me uh, was uh, law law was of interest and at the same time i loved science actually uh, to uh, you know to know what's happening to know how things are the way they are and all of that so uh, i actually uh, decided okay i won't be disappointed with whatever path i pursue except for something say commerce was not of it felt too dry to even try anything related to commerce was not not something that i would give a try so social sciences humanities art science this all equally interested me so i was like uh i wanted something that would be holistic uh, and uh, my plan was initially okay i will pursue something uh, in terms of my academics and i would pursue what i like apart from that you know parallelly and uh, uh, while enjoying what the course offers me whichever that course uh, whichever course i pursue i would also parallelly explore other interests and all of that i never kept the door closed and i gave uh, gave it a shot for different entrance examinations i appeared for neat i appeared for clat i appeared for uh, humanities and social science entrance examination of iit madras i appeared for uh, national law university of delhi entrance called alet yeah so uh, different entrance examinations i feel and i ended up scoring mediocre scores for all of that uh, but uh, i can say one thing that j uh, uh, everything everything i wrote so uh, uh, basically i think i wrote every entrance examination that a 12th standard student in india can write except uh, for defense service examinations and uh, and the chartered accountant examination except for those two i wrote every examination that a 12th standard student in india can write and uh, for me the most challenging and the most interesting uh, the first examination was clat the lawrence examination if you are aware uh, clat has i think 120 questions and sorry 150 questions and you have to answer it in 2 hours which is 120 minutes which is like 40 seconds for a question on the other hand je and neat had 180 minutes 3 hours for 180 questions uh, which means 1 1 minute per question and it is a two line three line question and you can if you are practiced well enough you could recognize the pattern of the question in 10 seconds you can analyze the problem in 10 seconds in another 30 seconds you can do the problem basically in 50 55 seconds you can give the answer to one of the four options in the objective multiple choice questions um but uh, so it's it's still you are left with 5 seconds after every question but when it comes to that uh, the question is half page half a page and the half a page it's a situation it's like some context they'll be giving in half a page and uh, they'll there will be a legal maxim uh, which will be in greek uh, i don't remember the legal maxims now uh, yeah something like common word i i can't I mean, it's better me not to pronounce and ruin it there will be greek named legal maxim which are basically uh, you know lay principles of legal philosophy for example a legal maxim would say uh, a particular legal maxim would say that you can not punish a person who committed a crime uh, at a particular time with a punishment with a law that came after he committed that crime so he committed a a crime in 2017 and a law was updated in 2019 with a higher punishment for the same crime you can punish him only with the law that existed 
while he committed the crime that's a prince that's a legal mm-hmm. philosophy uh, a principle mm-hmm. in legal philosophy that is called something in in greek in in, in this greek name to it i forgot the, the greek name of an example yeah <laughs> something it would be there so the question would be you have to read the whole paragraph of context and you have to apply this legal maxim in that context and figure out which is the most appropriate outcome and there will be four options and you wouldn't understand what's the difference between these four options it makes not much difference it's like the difference between these four multiple choice options is very different and you were like what is the difference between these options anyway so for all of these process you had just 40 seconds so and i ended up appearing for only like 60% of the paper and interestingly i got a score of something like 48 or something which was a very mediocre score but i was happy that i did it and i, I thought okay with more practice i could have nailed it uh, but uh, yeah uh, with that preparation the hyderabad you know university of hyderabad entrance examination was was a cake walk which basically had the same things general knowledge mental ability uh, logical reasoning uh, mm-hmm. yeah all of basic mathematics all of that so uh, with the preparation for clat uh, uh, appearing in the university of hyderabad in this examination was such a cake walk and by the time i had also very coincidentally uh, come across the discipline of anthropology and uh, i came to know that okay, anthropology is a discipline that deals with things in a holistic manner by default like it looks at human beings uh, not just as a biological being but as also as a social being and it studies human beings regardless of time and space and uh, yeah uh, it's a holistic you know science it's the, uh, it's the most scientific of all humanities and the most human of all sciences is what they say about anthropology so yeah so it was in a sense a coincidence that i ended up here but at the same time one i can say that okay before joining this course i had already discovered it and you know i had started to like it so it's a coincidence as well as you know something that i liked and did so yeah that's how i ended up in anthropology wow that's quite the road brother seriously quite the road two years gap and if i'm not wrong did you do pcmb that is biology in 12th yeah i did pcmb uh, but i was a bad student in 11th and 12th uh, and i I wish so bio, I could study better. Yeah, bio to social <clears throat> anthropology is a very huge transition. But yeah, I I see that you've got your perspective in life because people will be searching for perspective. They come to engineering. They do a lot of different stuff like what I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah. But you found uh, your perspective. I, I think, That's nice. I think the, the transition from science to social sciences at any stage is good. Some people do uh, transition from social science to social science after post graduation some people i mean uh, this uh, background and training in science i think helps even in your research and your activities in social science science gives you some frameworks and some models to think uh, which helps even in your social science research and some of the eminent uh, uh, anthropologists and sociologists had their training uh, mm-hmm. in sciences wow so yeah so so Uh, which is a good which is a which is not an anomaly which is not an accident but it's actually that the science helped in in excelling in social science so yeah uh, so it's a it's a it's a good idea to have pcmb in 11th and 12th no matter what you pursue later wow that's nice to know that's really nice to know. yeah going on to the next question uh, how do you stay motivated with all the setbacks and all the you know Uh, achievements and setbacks how do you stay motivated and what makes you motivated to go ahead and work on different things like what you are doing yeah as far as staying motivated is concerned i believe it's a hoax that one will stay motivated uh, there are things that will motivate you to pursue something there are things that will motivate you to uh, you know keep going keep moving ahead despite setbacks but as far as staying motivated is concerned uh, it's a myth no one stays motivated there are days where you are not motivated where you feel like nothing is happening you feel like you know the things are not going to work out and it's okay it's okay to take a break it's okay to feel uh, you know burnt out and um, it's okay to give it a rest in everything this happens not just in our 
uh, academic or professional pursuits even in our personal relationships it's sometimes okay to take break from certain people also even your closest friends might overwhelm you sometimes and i am someone who gets overwhelmed uh, a lot like if i spend a lot of time with the same person for a while i have i need a break it's not that they are they or you are not good or you're not compatible but it's that's just that um, you know life requires some variety and you life has a way of finding balance on its own and uh, it's fine sometimes when you uh, work your brain needs rest and you can feel demotivated that's okay but uh, as far as uh, what 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 keeps me ahead what keeps me going despite setbacks what pushes me um i think it's a, a deeper sense of purpose that i have uh, which i discovers which i discovered partly from uh, um from the surroundings that i have uh, from 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 my family from my friends uh, from uh, which other sources that i blessed with uh, but i think primarily a world view which is very rooted in my in my faith in my in my in my religion in my understanding of the world and the meaning of life that keeps me motivated and i think um, i think uh, i think i, I am com- i should be committed to a cause uh, of making the world a better place and that's a virtue that is embedded in my in my in my faith and my in the way i look at the world yeah wow it's quite the answer very true everybody might not have the <clears throat> motivation every day you might have like some days where you feel like low some days and what you do is keep grounded and keep you know mm-hmm. whatever faith you have whatever thoughts you have whatever final goal you have you always stay towards that and that's really nice to know so talking about goals talking about staying motivation what uh what are the specific rituals that you do or specific habits that you have that you follow to kick start your day with you not know, to have a maintained productivity to have the highest level of what you tell na, the goals the six goals that you have per day so how do you make sure that all these specific things are being achieved with your habits and rituals uh, uh to answer that i would have to go to the template of a typical indian parent which is wake up early and uh, <laughs> if uh, i mean if i if so, i wake up early that's if i wake up early that's pretty much a day where i get things done so i think the first ritual would be to wake up on time like say 5 am is a good time i require some 7 to 8 hours of sleep 7 to 8 hours, hours of sleep is something that i cannot sacrifice on so uh, yeah 5 am yeah 5 am is a good time to wake up so waking up at 5 am is a, is the is the ritual that i i have to do if i have to have a good day and then uh, followed by my morning ablution uh, prayers getting fresh all of that uh, yeah and uh, yeah I, 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 i it's it's very safe for me to say that if i wake up things are all right <laughs> everything is all right my 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 diet is good my my gut health is good my uh i pray on time not just for the morning prayer but for the entire day if i wake up on time and i study i read yeah waking it's the it's the typical indian parent solution wake up on time everything is good even your marriage will be happening on time if you wake up early that's what indian parents say, you know you're not wow. getting married first you wake up early then only your marriage <laughs> will happen so yeah. wow you totally captured the you know audience of all the parents who are here listening but wow that's truly that's truly one of the biggest ritual that everybody should follow but very tough to follow very very tough uh, believe it or not it's very tough for me to even have 8 hours of sleep and wake up at 5 am it's very tough mm, yeah. and wonderful and the problem, the, the, you. The, yeah. the, the, the 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 challenge with that is that to wake up early you have to definitely sleep early but uh, being in hyderabad it's very difficult to do that hyderabad the city is awake at night all the life is at night all the bustle all the rigor all the energy is at night oh, and oh. Uh, one thing you cannot one thing you cannot miss while being in hyderabad is the food and 
all the good food spots are open biryani night yeah yeah everything so to have a good meal at night and then if you have a full meal at night then you cannot sleep any soon your sleep cycle will get affected the quality of sleep will go down so it's very hmm. challenging to wake up in the morning while being in hyderabad while at home while back in kerala while being at my home i i'm good at that like by 8 8:30 you will have a dinner at home it's fine and wake up early is very good but being in hyderabad it's not wow <laughs> but yeah truly i've never been to hyderabad but i've heard this a lot of times that hyderabad is a 24 hour city which goes on you know no matter what you do the city keeps on moving and that's really yeah. nice to know uh so talking about all these things you mentioned that you went into anthropology with you no know, uh it was a sudden thing that you went into anthropology you did not have that presetted in your mind like you know people will have like i want to do engineering mm-hmm. i want to do doctor so they study only for that mm-hmm. like they don't have an open option mm-hmm. like you had you did clad you did j you did neat everything you did but you chose anthropology mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh what do you think are some of the key skills or qualities that are essential for success in your field because there's a lot of things that anthropology talks about but what do you think mm-hmm. after you no know, coming out in such a way that you did not have an idea and you suddenly come in your dive deep into all this you know, social anthropology cultural anthropology different stuff what are the skills that you think are required for anybody in this field mm, being an undergraduate student of anthropology i can speak only in that capacity like i'm not Uh, a researcher yet i am not an anthropologist yet i am just a student undergraduate student of anthropology so i can only answer in that capacity um that, that that's one limitation that will be there for my answer to that question uh, as far as anthropology is concerned but as far as my writing and all is concerned i can answer but uh, for anthropology i think although from what i have been taught uh, so far i think one you know key skill you need to have is to think uh think about people as one amongst them not as an outsider uh, so the 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 principal method of anthropology is anthropological study is participant observation which is for you to participate in 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 a community and observe it not as an outsider but as a part of that community so uh, seminal figures in in the history of anthropology there there are people who went and spent years with different communities not just uh, yeah but in the beginning there were armchair and the, the beginning of anthropology there were, there were armchair anthropologists which are basically anthropologists who sat in their chair and wrote anthropology so they would read accounts of travelers and missionaries during colonial times who goes to this uh, uh, different parts of the world like asia americas so european uh, armchair anthropologists would read these accounts of european missionaries and travelers and with the with that secondary source they would write anthropological uh, uh, works so they were called armchair anthropologists and then uh, they also started to uh, then uh, the real field work people uh, anthropologists going to field that started Uh, but still anthropological thought has a history it has an evolution uh, and there, there was there were ethnocentric elements uh, in the in, in the beginning were by these researchers who were looking at different communities they would look down on them uh, so most of the um, uh, anthropological uh, most scholars of anthropology anthropology in the beginning european anthropologists uh, they considered societies say in asia in africa in 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 americas native americans they considered um, these local native populations to be at the stage of development uh, a stage of human progression of which the european the western white man is at the pinnacle and others are on the way so they imagined human civilization to be Uh, equivalent to, to the stage where the european white man is at that time and others are catching up they are on the way uh, so uh, looking at these societies in native Ameri- in north in north america native american populations of african populations of southeast asian populations they makes this conclusion that okay they are at a they are at a 
back backward stage a primitive stage of human development and they make these classifications uh, which all uh, breaks down as anthropology as a discipline grows and these notions of uh, primitiveness itself is problematized and uh, this conception of some societies to be uh, civilized and some to be not civilized uncivilized uh, barbaric savage all of these problematic ideas in the beginning of anthropology was questioned and uh, and corrected and yeah so uh, now uh uh as an anthropologist you require the skill of thinking and understanding a community uh, from the viewpoint of an of, of an insider so say uh, f- for example you are an anthropologist of islam and you are studying anthropology of islam you are as an anthropologist you are study trying to study what islam is what muslim communities are you don't look uh, at uh, at at that community uh, with an orientalistic gaze of you know uh, of from the west to the east but rather you try to understand what they are for what for who who they really are who they what they consider themselves to be uh, yeah so i think in that regard the skill that you ought to have as an anthropologist is the ability to be thinking as they think uh, to empathize with their very thought process with the very uh, conception that people have of themselves of what of 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 their being uh, to to empathize with their being the way they are i think that's a skill very subtle but very important that you ought to have as an anthropologist wow that's ex- that's one of the no really i really don't have words because uh, what you told has told a lot about how you take about anthropology and what skills are required and how important it is because when you talk about all the aspects of anthropology when you just told about how they sat at the chairs and they gave their you know views and points and now how it has changed uh, and how you got to be in the community how you got to see in the perspective of different communities or different people or different views of what you are doing i think that is really wonderful that has given me mm-hmm. my opening wow that's truly nice uh <laughs> i'm really forgetting what to tell next but yeah that was nice uh, but 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 if i am to speak about the skill you need as a writer i think it's patience you have to sit every day patience. and write okay. i think i think i don't think i don't told this that you can always correct no no i jk rolling i think jk rolling told that you can always correct a wrong page but you can never correct a blank one you blank. can never correct okay. a blank page so 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 you have to make sure that you write something every day and if it's bad just correct it as work on it better so wow. but never leave a blank page so the point is to have consistency and patience to sit there on the table and the chair and write so sit and write is an important because uh, because if you are someone with a good basic i mean basically we are all storytellers Mm, uh, we all have stories to tell uh, you uh, like now i am st- i'm telling you a story a story that i do this i did that yes. you know i went through this and i went so what happened to whom at what point of time this is a story what happened to whom at what point of time and we tell these stories every day we tell we call your mom uh, in the evening from your hostel you say okay this happened this happened that happened or uh, or you're talking to your girlfriend or your wife and your, or your wife is talking to you okay this woman said that, that. i mean this x happened to y at x point of time is something that we tell so we are all storytellers what makes the writers different is that they tell captivating stories stories that you know say millions of people listen to that that is worth for millions of people to listen to so uh, what makes a good story uh, makes a good story a good story is that uh, people should be able to connect uh, with it at a deeper level so if you want to uh, produce a good story uh, it's not an easy it's, it's not an easy task it requires you to go out of the ordinary everyday storytelling uh, which necessitates you to okay. you know sit every day and, and 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 keep on writing yeah wow really that's really inspiring to hear all these things and wonderful to hear about this uh when you talk about all these things inspiration when you talk about aspiration when you talk about you know the skills that you require i just uh, i'm just thinking of a situation here like 
if you had to talk to your younger self for example mm-hmm. 5 years in the past you could go back and you could talk to your younger self and give not an advice or give a suggestion or given you know ideological thought process or something whatever you share what would it be um that's a good question that's a profound question rather um i would say uh i would tell to my younger self that uh, things will uh, i think this is what steve jobs said, said in that uh, convocation speech you can only connect connect the dots looking backward not looking forward so uh, eventually the dots will connect so yeah uh, i would say my younger self to be present which i am now uh, which i was not at one point to be present to be, to be in the moment uh, but being in the moment doesn't mean to be careless about the future or to be careless about what's coming but rather uh, understand that what you really have is the moment uh, you know uh, so i would say my younger self to be present to be in the moment because i think um, the inevitable the inevitability and the high probability of the fact that the next moment is something that could be unseen for you uh, is what really makes this moment worth if it was that time had no 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 limit it if it was the time was uh, infinite and your life was infinite then i don't think there is any worth to the moments uh, that you live uh, it becomes worthy because it is it's probably going to end the next moment I, I, i'm not sure if i will be alive to finish this podcast i'm not sure that i'll be waiting we'll make sure that you're alive we'll make sure that you you you'll be there to listen all this podcast <laughs> and share it with all your friends and family members but no, yeah. that's the point the po- the point is that uncertainty is what gives uh, worth to this moment and and therefore this moment is worth living and mm. the point is to be present and uh, don't be and things will connect in the end eventually yeah not thinking about the past or the future or not dwelling about the future or the past just thinking about the present and live the moment wow truly man you yeah. <laughs> you made it all you made it all uh and finally i would like to end this podcast session with one last question what mm-hmm. advice would you give to someone aspiring to follow in your footsteps both in terms of the profession itself and in maintaining motivation and passion uh um i think no one follows no one's footsteps uh so uh, there is no question of uh, following a particular path because you actually you actually uh, you make the path for yourself uh, it's not that you follow a path the point is to not follow paths uh, like uh, robert frost said two two roads diverse in in the yellow woods yes and i took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference so i would say to not follow uh, footsteps but footsteps are a good 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 point of reference mm-hmm. it's not that you are oblivious and ignorant about the footsteps that lay ahead of you that you can see but footsteps are just points of reference uh, you can you can calculate uh, where things will lead if i take what course of action and like amos doni says that the point is to take calculated risks i mean risks anyone can take any fool can take risks risk is basically to be not not be uh, afraid of the consequences uh, and fools do that every day they they take huge risky decisions and they fail miserably and uh, they end up being nothing so that's something everyone does every day the point is to take calculated risks so to to for, to calculate the 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 potential outcomes of your risk uh, you need to have some points of reference and these footsteps are for points of reference and uh, this that, 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 that those points of references help uh, you sometimes so for example um, say if as a writer i am thinking of um, a particular idea uh, on how to construct a particular character or how to convey a particular idea in a novel and uh, you are you are afraid whether that will give what you intend to give to the reader and you come across another good novel uh, or a work of fiction 
which has already done a similar thing in a different way and that's a good point of reference for you to reassure yourself okay you can go ahead uh, by taking this path and uh, sometimes the other way also sometimes someone ha- someone in the past might have followed a path and uh, it might have miserably failed and that's a point of reference for you to uh, be more cautious or concentrate so i think elon musk uh, uh, reiterates this this phrase called the first principle thinking uh, basically to ask why and unravel each question you know on more fundamental level so i think first principle thinking is very necessary in in in, in everything so the question you should be asking is uh, why do i want to pursue this uh, why and uh, then you will give an answer but okay and keep on asking why till you have, till it reaches to the most fundamental the most core uh, assumption or belief that you have and if there is a mismatch uh, it's going to you are going to burn out and be lost at one point so make sure that you, you the why you ask will lead to the 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 the, the innermost core of yourself if that mm-hmm. is not connected it's mm. uh, probably gone off and up in confusion at some point so that's what happens with the, the typical cases where we see um, like people students are pursuing medicine students are pursuing engineering or they are pursuing uh, mba and you ask them why 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 are, why do you want to pursue mba why do you want to pursue medicine and they might say okay um, because uh, it's a nice job okay why is it a nice job you ask it why is it why is being a doctor a nice job and uh, they say because uh, because everyone loves it because okay, the parents would be proud of me because uh, you know because uh, i would get a good social status i would get a good quality of life okay why is that important why do why do you want uh, a good quality of life and uh, if the, if if at any point it's it's stuck and you cannot connect it to your core uh, it's probably going to be problematic but on the other hand if you're saying okay why do you want this job i want it because uh, uh, that would it it would be exciting for me to you know uh, uh, learn about and deal with how the how the human body works and uh, and find solutions for problems that people have with regard to their their body that is something exciting that you i would be able to do then ask why again why okay then one might say because that helps me you know um that helps me devour the amazing amazing uh, beauty of the creation that god has created and that helps me submit to the commandments of god in in a more fu- fulfilling way and that uh, which is the which is the which is the primary philosophy that i hold in my life then it's connecting your inner core you know uh, just giving an example so so if that is happening to the questions why you have uh, i think yeah then you can follow your own path yeah uh, so i think there is another book called start with why which is by simon sinek i think correct yes wow start well, I, with i'm not why. giving my own ex- i'm not giving my <laughs> own example <laughs> it's not it's plagiarism i have to give references but yeah <laughs> like, it's it was truly you know start with a why because i've always remembered that uh, whomever i talked or had this conversation or i asked this question they more more like why do you want to do this what is the reason you want to do this i think that is one of the biggest question that everybody should ask before going into anybody's you know thinking that i would like to do this job i would like to do that thing i would like to start this thing so before starting this podcast my first question was why 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 do i want this why would you want to do this so i think it was an eye opener truly what you talked about mm-hmm. why it made me subconsciously realize that or not only me but anybody who's listening to this subconsciously you realize that okay you start with a why even though you don't really think that why should be the question that you ask but you get to the answer by the first few days of you start of that particular you know job or particular profession or particular task so that's really wonderful but at the know. same time but at the same time it's not imperative that you get a full fledged answer to these Correct. questions as i said yes. earlier as i said earlier things will connect in the end only mm. but in the end everything will connect and uh, and 
and we might make mistakes even while answering this questions why question of why uh, so that is all right but uh, the point is to, the point is to ask it the point is to reflect the point is to keep on reflecting uh, yeah because only a, a mind a brain that has life will reflect uh, and uh, that's that's what makes us unique i think to not reflect and to simply follow is something every other species in this world do i mean uh-huh. uh, they have other other species have been following since since uh, centuries and they're still following uh, i have uh, i heard this somewhere that a dog 1000 years ago looked at the moon and barked and it's still barking <laughs> but uh, hu- but humans humans looked at the moon 1000 years ago and it it wondered oh my god what is that ball of light uh, but uh, today we uh, we are sending rovers to the moon chandrayaan whatever so but we so, send humans also right so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but i Makes didn't sense. say humans because there is a there is a contestation on that i i am not an expert <laughs> on that contestation whether it is true or not i don't know yeah i'm not claiming anything uh, but i i have uh, i have i'm not an expert on that so anyway rovers we have sent correct rovers yeah. yeah that's wonderful so, and Masi, I would like to thank you so much for being the guest on this podcast. Your insights, expertise on the topics of, you know, anthropology, on the topics of, you know, your personal experience, your skills and how you worked on it and different aspects, I think, was really inspiring, was really motivating and your thoughtful responses and unique perspectives no it added an incredible value to this podcast not only to me but to you also so that is one thing uh and i hope once again we can come back again after you become a big you know anthropology expert or maybe after you finish your phd and you know everybody remembers you know then i'll be like okay nasi came to my podcast first and he was the one who told all his perspectives so uh we'd love to welcome you back in the future and for more engagement on this and thank you so much nasi and it was really wonderful my pleasure my pleasure having this chat with you and take care and have a good day ahead yeah thank you it's my pl- it was my pleasure to have uh, to being uh, to being able to participate in this uh, conversation yeah uh, thank you so much for having me thank you bye bye